We started 2020 off by talking about neighbors and nations. Last week, we discussed loving our neighbors as ourselves and how Jesus defines that. And this week, I want to talk about the nations of the world. Because in Genesis chapter 12, God takes Abraham and he makes him a great promise that God is going to bless him. And through him, the whole world is going to be blessed. Now, in Galatians chapter 3, it makes it very clear that Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise, that through Christ, the whole world has been blessed. That's why the Gospel of Matthew begins with a genealogy. You know those lists in the Bible, this person begat this person, that begat this person, that begat this person? When Matthew goes to tell the story of Jesus, that's how he starts, because he wants to trace a line for us, a clear line, between the promise God made to Abraham and Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and return. That's why Matthew ends his gospel with Jesus commissioning his disciples to go into the whole world and make disciples of all nations, it says. Now, I know it feels like a weird time to be discussing the nations of the world when we have so many needs here in Houston and so many needs in our own personal homes. But Psalm 67 is going to make it clear that there is not a strong division between asking God to help us personally and asking God to help and care for the nations of the world. So if you have a Bible, turn with me to Psalm chapter 67. We're going to start in verse 1. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. The psalmist is quoting Numbers chapter 6, the priestly blessing where Aaron would stand up in front of all of the Israelites and, and say these words. May God be gracious to us and bless us. Now, now it feels like the word bless has been, been watered down. It feels like a word that Hallmark now owns. But biblically, to bless, it was, it was meaningful and it was powerful and it was weighty and it was a transformative thing if you were blessed by God or blessed by someone else. May God be gracious to us and bless us and turn his face towards us. And the Israelites knew that the specific ways that God had blessed them was him turning his face towards them. When he blesses them by rescuing them from the hands of the Egyptians, it's because God is paying attention to them. When he parts the Red Sea for them and, and they, they walk across on dry land, when he provides manna for them, when he gives them a land of promise, he was blessing them because he had turned his attention to them, because he had loved them and, and was caring for them and, and was committed to them. I, like everyone else, it seems, am working from home, and, uh, and I've moved my home office out to my garage, and right next to where I set my computer every morning is a red craftsman toolbox that my dad bought me when I was 19 years old. I was leaving home and moving down here to, to Houston uh, to finish college, and, and, and so that hopefully Amanda was going to marry me. And so before I moved, he took me to Sears and he brought me this toolbox and he filled it with tools. And they were tools that I had seen him uh, use uh, all the years that I was growing up uh, with him. And, uh, and for the first couple of years uh, that I lived in Houston, I didn't need that toolbox. We rented, uh, the houses were not ours, and I didn't really have an occasion to use very many of those tools. But I always kept careful uh, notice of, of, of it. Because of what it meant. It meant more than a specific wrench here or a screwdriver here in my time of need. It, it, 
It was my dad's way of, of blessing me. It was my dad's way of turning his face towards me and being gracious to me. And that meant a great deal to me. And the Israelites, they experienced that, that they were unique. God specifically looked out for them. And thankfully in Christ, the door to God's people has been thrown wide open. That all of us who are willing to put our faith in the life, death, resurrection, and return of Jesus. We are born again into the family and people of God. Verse 1 ends with a little italicized letter in my Bible. And, and, and I want you to look at your copy of Scripture and see if there's an italicized letter at the end of verse 1, because that tells us to go down to the bottom of the page. And at the bottom of the page, it says, the Hebrew has selah, a word of uncertain meaning here. And so at the end of verse 1, there's a Hebrew word selah. And the consensus is, is whatever that word specifically means, it's a pause, it's a rest. So the picture is this psalm is writing this psalm of praise to God. God, you've blessed us. You've been gracious to us. You've turned your face towards us. And the psalmist is almost overwhelmed with that thought. And so they build in a pause. We're just going to stop everything. If this is a song, we're going to shut it down. We're going to stop singing. We're going to stop the music and just... Reflect for a moment that our God has been good to us in this way. Selah. Verse 2. So that your ways may be known on the earth, your salvation among all the nations. So God has been good to us. He's, he's blessed us and he's made his face shine upon us so that the nations will know his salvation. That God's kindness to Israel rippled and became God's kindness to the entire world, which means that the blessings that God has given us are not ours to own. They're ours to steward because God has a purpose for those blessings that are just beyond what we need in a moment. It says that the, the nations may know. It means that they may notice, uh, they may hear, and they may learn. Uh, hopefully, people have noticed the salvation that you have in Christ. Uh, hopefully, they have heard you talk about that salvation. And ideally, all of us would take the next step in teaching them how they too can experience God's salvation. Now remember, all of the nations that surrounded Israel at the time, they were polytheistic. They worshipped many gods and goddesses. But these nations would hear about God's unique relationship with Israel. That's why in the book of Joshua, Israel has sent in spies to Jericho to see what they're up against. But people in Jericho hear about the spies, and so they're looking for them. And Rahab takes the spies into her house, and she hides from them. And she explains why she's done that, because she has heard about all that God did for Israel through the Red Sea and the manna in the morning and providing for them and protecting them from other nations while they were in the wilderness. The same thing happens in 2 Kings chapter 5 when a, a great general named Naaman from a, 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 another nation uh, has leprosy. And who does he turn to? He turns to the God of Israel. He travels to Israel to meet with the prophet Elisha so that maybe the God of Israel will heal him from his leprosy. Why does God bless us? Why has God been gracious to us? Why has God turned his attention towards us so that the whole world 
will know about him. Verse 3, may the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. If this is a song, and we know that it is because of the, the very beginning, the introduction, it says, For the director of music with stringed instruments, a psalm, a song. So if this is a song, this is its chorus. It's going to repeat in verse 5. Verse 4, May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. So the picture here is worldwide praise for God. I've had the incredible opportunity to worship with brothers and sisters from different nations um, in the last uh, few years of my life. And, and I'll never forget specifically worshiping with a church in Uganda, Africa, in the rural countryside outside of Kampala, their capital. There was no church building. Uh, these folks would meet to worship God on Sunday morning in a grove of trees. And so we were there with them and, and they're singing their songs. And of course, we can't understand the, 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 their words and the language that they're speaking, but we definitely understood their worship. And, and I'll never, ever forget in the middle of one of their songs, it was time to take the offering. The way that they did it was they set a bowl in the front of the, the gathering. And as the singing is happening, they would come and they would bring their tithes and offerings. They would bring, some would bring money, uh, some brought food. I remember one person brought the most beautiful flower. And, and I couldn't understand their words, but I clearly understood their praise to God. And if you've ever experienced that, you understand why God would want that worldwide praise from all the nations that he had created. And why are they praising? It says because he rules with equity. Another place in the scripture says that God so shows no partiality. Uh, Amanda and I lived for a brief time in England, and whenever we meet people from England, that usually comes up. And, and they always ask, where were you? Where did you live? And we say the city, and, and almost always their face turns sideways a little bit because it's not really a place that a lot of people are moving or a lot of people are desiring to live. But the scripture is clear, clear that God doesn't do that. When he thinks about all the nations of the earth, there's not any of those nations that make his face turn sideways. He judges with equity. He shows no partiality. And it says that he is a guide for the nations of the earth. That word guide is also used in Psalm 23 when it's describing God as the good shepherd, guiding us to still waters, guiding us to green pastures. And unbelievably, God is guiding the nations to, to Houston. Right now, 145 different languages are spoken in our city. Now, when I'm thinking about the population of Houston, Metro Houston, and 145 languages, you know, that didn't sound like a lot. And then I remembered how many languages I speak. One, and as you know, barely that one. And so suddenly, 145 different languages sounded like a lot. And God has brought them here to our city. There was a lot of comparison this week in the Houston Chronicle between the economy that may be in front of us for a while and what happened to Houston in the 1980s when the bottom of oil dropped out then. But what was interesting is after the economy began to rebound in the 80s, Houston's population began to skyrocket in the 90s. And so it may be that that same thing happens. Houston, the Houston metro area was already projected to be the number two metro area in the United States for growth the next 10 years. So if God is going to bring more and more people to Houston, and among them more and more from different nations around the world and languages spoken, I, I want to make sure that my heart is ready. 
that that worldwide praise that God wants, that I also want that too. Verse 5, may the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The chorus has repeated. Verse 6, the land yields its harvest, God. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. Verse 6 is, a, is another stop. It's another pause to acknowledge the ways that God has blessed us already. It says that the land yields its harvest. That was something that they were giving God credit for. And so I want to stop for, for just a second. And, and you can push pause uh, if you need to. And let's just say out loud together, right there where you are, some ways that God has blessed you. Verse 7, may God bless us still. So yes, God has blessed us. But there's also room to ask God to, to continue that, to continue to help us, to continue to provide for us, which means that we have full permission today to ask God for the things that we need. And, and I know that many of us need a lot right now. We have total freedom to ask our good Father who knows how to give good gifts to His children that God may bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear Him. The word fear here, it, it means awe. The way the Israelites must have felt when they were watching the Red Sea be split in two. The way they must have felt when they were walking across the dry ground of the sea and walls of water on either side. The way they must have felt when they got to the other end of the Red Sea and turned around. The last person had stepped onto the dry land and the water came crashing back down. The awe that you and I hopefully feel when we think about what Christ has done for us on the cross. That his sacrifice has yielded our forgiveness. That his sacrifice has defeated sin. That his sacrifice means that death no longer has final say over any of us. So that the ends of the earth will fear him. In Matthew chapter 9, Jesus is telling his disciples... You know, the harvest out there, the people who are ready to believe in Christ and come into his kingdom, the harvest is plentiful. It's the workers that are, that are few. And I, I know that all of us, all of us, have asked God to bless us this week, to help us, to meet our needs. All of us have done that. But I wonder if only a few have added, so that. So that the ends of the earth will be in awe of him. So that there will be worldwide praise of God. The scripture makes it clear that Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise God made to Abraham. Through you, the whole world will be blessed. And Jesus has also made it clear that he sends out people who consider themselves disciples of his as ambassadors of that blessing. And so I want to encourage us this week to live out 
the blessings that God has given us in a way that more and more people will notice God's work in our life through Christ, that they will hear about how God is working in our life through Christ, and that maybe even they would learn how they can experience that blessing for themselves. So God, we ask that you would help us now. Help us, help us. We ask that you would send us out, either literally or metaphorically, that you would send us out as ambassadors of your blessing this week. And we pray that through our lives and through your work among us, that the ends of the earth would give you praise and glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.